You have reached Road Talk, Navigating Your Journey, a ministry and podcast of the Discover Young Adults Ministry at the Preston Crest Church of Christ in Dallas, Texas. We meet at 945 on Sunday mornings, and we have small groups all throughout the week. We are located at Preston Road and Highway 635 in North Dallas. My name is Jacob Hawk. I'm the Young Adults Minister and the host of this podcast. It doesn't matter if you are single, dating, if you want to be dating, if you're married, if you want to be married, or if you're divorced, or if you're trying to figure out at what stage of life you are passing through. At the Discover Young Adults Ministry, we want to help you discover life, discover love, and discover the Lord. If I can help you or serve you in any way, or if I can pray for you, please email me at jacob at pressingcrest.org. Well, I'm glad that you are joining us again today for this new episode, and we are beginning a new series for the month of February with Valentine's Day upon us. I thought it would be good to have a series on dating and relationships, and I've asked two different couples to be involved with these episodes in the month of February, and the first couple is Trey and Leah Morgan, who live in Childress, Texas. Trey is the preacher at the Children's Church of Christ, and for several years they've been doing the Stronger Marriages Workshop. Many different churches around the country have had them come, and they have some great material. And so I wanted Trey to be uh, with us for the beginning of this series on dating and relationships and just the struggles and challenges, but also tremendous blessings that come with uh, that wonderful relationship that God has created for men and women to share together ultimately in marriage. Trey, we are glad to have you with us today. Honored to be here. Uh, Glad to be on the show. Okay, Trey, so tell us a little bit about yourself for those who don't know you as well as I do. Uh, I am the uh, senior minister for the Church of Christ in Childress, Texas, which is kind of out in the middle of nowhere. We've been here for about 19 years and and absolutely love it. Good church, good people. Don't plan on running off and going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, we, uh, I'm married to my wife, Lee, who uh, we've been married for 32 years. We have four boys and uh, officially empty nesters now as of uh, last fall. Our last one is left for college. And so uh, we're adjusting to a new routine in life. And uh, not only do I do full-time ministry at the uh, church and Childress, we also do stronger marriage workshops and stronger family workshops, uh, speaking at churches throughout the Brotherhood, uh, the Churches of Christ, um, many of the universities. Uh, we've we've spoken to uh, a lot of the college kids and universities and, and things along those lines, but uh, absolutely love getting to do what we do. We feel very blessed. Well, I know that uh, I've had you to speak several times at places where I've served and you just have a really natural ability to relate with people. Uh, and I think everyone will hear that today on the podcast. Trey's just a, a good guy and uh, doesn't try to intimidate or use overly complicated terms, just straight to the point. And that's my kind of guy. Uh, and you also have a podcast. Go ahead and have a little bit of a self-commercial here, Trey, so people yeah, can hear do. more we, about you. We podcast, we podcast weekly. Uh, my wife and I do together. She's not with me today. She actually had a dentist appointment and couldn't get free. But uh, we do a podcast weekly on marriage, uh, sometimes on family topics, 
Uh, we've been doing it for about a year and and are very, very blessed. We have a big following on social media, so that really helps our podcast as well. But it's called the Stronger Marriage Podcast, and you can find information on it at treyandlee.com, or you can type in the strongermarriagepodcast.com, and it will take you right to the spot. We cover a lot of crazy topics um, and I'm not sure why that is, but it's kind of like somebody's got to talk about these things. And so mm-hmm. we, we kind of find ourselves willing to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you just, uh, released, well, around Christmas time, a book on the book of Proverbs you and Lee wrote together. Tell us a little bit about yes. that. Yes. And it actually is our second book. Uh, we intended to wait another year, but with quarantine and having kind of some time to sit down and write. Uh, Lee kind of put the thumb screws to me and said, we really ought to go ahead and do this. And uh, we got it out in just just before Black Friday, and it has done amazingly well. It is a Bible study on marriage from the book of Proverbs. It's a 31-day uh, guide to strengthening your marriage. You can do it by yourself or you can do it with your spouse. And uh, she and I actually did it uh, together. Uh, through the month of January and found ourselves finding so many more things that uh, was was so good in that study. We have we've read the book of Proverbs together many times and we decided that it would be good. We we oftentimes had people ask questions, where can we get a good uh, study guide to do Bible study together on marriage? And and I never really had a lot of good answers, so we thought we'd write one. And so that's what that was. And and, and it's done well enough that there may come a time in a couple of years we do a, a follow-up on that that's uh, maybe from the book of, Song of Solomon on on love and, and relationships and romance. Well, congratulations, because uh, I'm someone who's also self-published a book or two, and they don't all do extremely well. So congratulations to you and Lee on uh, the tremendous success of that book. We've been very blessed. Absolutely. So... Um, as we kind of get started into this conversation, for those who are listening today, um, Trey, and if Lee wants to join us for episode two, we'd love to hear her thoughts as well, but it's kind of a two-part series. What we're going to talk about today is how do I know if someone is right for me in dating? And then next week, we're going to talk about how do I know if I am right for someone else? Um, and I'm anxious to hear Trey's thoughts on these two questions. But Trey, when did you and Lee kind of get interested in focusing on these marriage and family seminars and kind of what lit that flame in your hearts? We we have actually been very interested in this probably for uh, 25, 30 years of ministry. Uh, we have not we have not done that. We were interested, but we were a young family with young kids, mm-hmm. and uh, I think God kind of kept the door shut because He knew that, you know, there were many times where I thought, "Well, I'd love to be off speaking somewhere and talking marriage and family," and and uh, the doors just did not open until about ten years ago when our boys all got older and many of them gone and and kind of out of the house, and all of a sudden doors flew wide open um, and and continue. Uh, to just God is continuing to open doors in in that part of our marriage ministry. And one of the things I love about the church in Childress is they feel like this is their uh, mission work mm-hmm. as well. And so mm-hmm. a lot of weekends when we're gone, uh, we do about 16 workshops a year. A lot of weekends when we're gone, we do try to get back on a Saturday night and I speak on Sunday, but there there are times where I can't and they are very good to support us in that. That's wonderful. And you've been there a long time, which um, anytime a preacher stays at a church for a long time, that's a blessing both for the minister and for the church. And that's a partnership. And so 
I'm always encouraged when I hear stories like that. Okay, so we're talking about today, like I said, how do I know if someone is right for me? Um, Trey, what do you think most people are looking for when they start dating somebody? Well, I I think it's just natural for us uh, as people to want friendship and to want companionship. Um, That's generally where it starts. I don't know that people just, there's probably people out there that go looking for love, but uh, I think it all starts as friendship and companionship and, and you find someone that you go, I like this person and, and you begin to build a relationship from that. But it is definitely uh, when you start dating, it's kind of a, I like this person and I mm-hmm. like hanging out with this person and, and I'm interested and I'm attracted to this person. None of those are bad things. That's a, that's a very healthy thing. Um, and in those early stages of relationship and dating are such a good time to kind of get to know each other and just start off trying to find out who are you and, and, and let me tell you who I am and let's see if we click and connect. And that's just a healthy thing, but but most people, it's it, I think it's friendship, and you find the best marriages are built on friendship. And when you can build a friendship with someone before you marry them, that's just a healthy. You're ahead of the game thing right there. Right, right. So I kind of think the elephant in the room question, maybe though, is when you're looking for all those things, and I think you made a good point. That's a natural thing to be looking for. How soon into a relationship can you tell if someone is right or wrong for you? Well, I don't know if it's uh, – I think the, the thing about relationships versus marriage, and, and a lot of people get this backwards, dating is a time to evaluate the person that you're going out with. Marriage is the time to appreciate who you're married to. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people get those things exactly backwards. They go into a relationship uh, and they start dating. And instead of evaluating, they just start appreciating. Boy, I just love this person. This person is so good. And this person is so nice. And then sometimes in marriages, it's just the opposite. Uh, when you should be appreciating what you love about your spouse, you find yourself evaluating things that, uh, you know, now they're driving you nuts because they didn't pick their clothes up off the floor. Mm-hmm. And and we have to remember both sides, the married and the dating side, that you've got to, boy, if you're dating, it is a time to ruthlessly evaluate the person you're dating and, and not just spend all your time appreciating them. Uh, and, and at the same time, uh, when you're married, you do you do just the opposite. And so I think, you know, my wife and I dated for four four years. We were high school sweethearts, and of course, you know, for three years we couldn't even talk about marriage because we were we we're a couple of teenagers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we knew from the start that there was a connection there and a friendship there that we liked enough that you know, even though at times where we were on again and off again, it was like every time we were off, it was like, you know, life just didn't as fun without her. Or Mm -hmm. she will tell her boys oftentimes, I just realized that, you know, I didn't like doing things without hanging out with your dad when when we were dating. And so I, I think, I don't think there's just a date you go on and all of a sudden you go, he's the one for me. Uh, I think it is just a process to where, you fall in love with someone you are best friends with and you actually get to the point that you go, not can I live with this person, but you get to the point where you go, I just can't do life without this person. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And that's when you get to the point that, you know, this one's a right for me. I've had two boys that have been married of my four and both of them have asked dad, how do I know she's the right one for me? And while there is no perfect answer for that, uh, the best answer I can come up with is when you go from the stage of, you know, I think I could live with her to, I don't think I could live without her. Mm. She just makes me so happy Then she's probably the right one. And, and both of them have, have married those girls that they said, I think, I don't think I can, I don't want to do life without this girl. And so that's kind of where you're looking is you'll get to the point where you go, life just isn't fun if, if I'm not with them and, and if I'm not attached or connected to them while we are dating. And so it's just, that's the way to look at it. We've got to be good at evaluating our relationships while we're dating. Man, that is so well said. And I love the difference between those two things. Um, living with someone and then not being able to live without someone are two totally different things. And um, kind of reminds me of Ephesians 5 when Paul compares marriage to that of the relationship of Christ in the church. And that's exactly what Christ felt about the church is, you know, we cannot go on without without you. You know, we, <laughs> Christ died for us so we can spend eternity with him because he wanted us to be there so badly. And I think that's also a great determining factor for people when they become Christians. Why aren't you becoming a Christian? Just because you'd like to be with Jesus or because you can't imagine life without Jesus? Um, that's that, well said. That's, that's a well game changer said. for relationships. Game that's changer. That's exactly right. It's not about, you know, I think I kind of like Jesus. Is I don't want, I can't, I just can't do life without Jesus. Right, right. And those are the relationships that last. And I also appreciate what you said, too. Um, you and Lee, even though you were high school sweethearts and marriage was not even in the picture because of your age, you knew, Hey, I, I can see myself being married to this individual dating, at least for Christians. And I wish all people would be this way, but dating is pointless if you can't see a marriage at the end of that dating relationship. And, and that's true. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people will say, you know, we're big believers and, and a lot of people will go, well, I'll, I'll date this guy for a while, but I would never marry him. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be dating a guy that you would never marry. Your first right. instinct that says, here's why I don't want to marry him. Don't fall in love with somebody that you're you're not compatible with. Right. And so be very cautious about that. If, if you can't see yourself married, then you really don't need, you know, be friends with them. But dating, yeah, not a healthy thing. Absolutely. Um. Okay, so getting to that point, next question, getting to that point of I could live with them versus I can't live without them. I know it's different for every couple and every individual, but in your mind, are there kind of some leading factors that help someone reach that emotional position of I can't live without this person? Yeah, I, I think I think we go back to friendship for one. Uh, it's it's We've just become such good friends compatibility is one, but I think you have to be cautious about compatibility, meaning I'm so glad I didn't marry somebody just like me. Uh, They would have driven me absolutely nuts. And so if you're, if you, you'll notice that opposites attract and and that's very, very common. Most, most marriages, probably 80% or more, uh, you know, you've got one introvert, one extrovert, you've got one you know, they're just two very, my wife and I couldn't be more night and day. We are so different and yet we're so compatible. Mm-hmm. And so don't misunderstand the fact that when you say compatible, 
That doesn't mean you like all the same stuff and, and look at everything the same way. Because what you'll find is when your opposites attract is, you know, Lee's weaknesses uh, in, in her world happen to be my strengths mm-hmm. and, and my weaknesses happen to be her strengths. And, and when you meet someone that you're not fully, um, you know, just like the other person, it's amazing how well you make a whole complete being as, as one person. And so, yes, you got to be compatible. There's some things out there that, uh, are some non-negotiables, but that just means you, you, you have the same dreams and you have the same goals and you have the same interests. doesn't mean you have to like the same foods or the same TV shows or have the same hobbies, mm-hmm. but compatibility, uh, faith, having the same faith is a, is a big one. Um, those are, those are things that you're going to want to really, really be leading factors into making that decision. Okay. Very well said. I think you've kind of answered this next question a little bit in what you just said, but when you're looking at all of the different factors and trying to figure out, is this something that has, you know, eternal value to it? Um, what, what factors should be non-negotiables and then what factors do you think there could be compromise? Well, I think anything, and, and this is one thing that I think dating couples struggle with. Uh, a lot of dating couples will go, well, there's some things I really don't like about her or him but I'm sure I can get them to change after we're married. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that never works. Never, ever, ever. If there are some things, some personality flaws, some character flaws that the person you're dating has, do not think I'll marry them and we'll get them fixed later. That must be a pre-marriage fix. Uh, if you've got, a, if you've got a, a guy that you're dating who is a hothead and has a short temper, and you're going, well, I'll help him work on it. You, you help him work on it before he gets married. Because once you marry a hothead, uh, there's not as much desire to change and fix yourself uh, as there is when you're trying to get yourself right for a relationship. So those are, if you've got, if there's some character flaws in, in the person you're dating, do not come along and go, well, well, we'll fix these somewhere down the road. No, before you marry, you fix them. There's some definite uh, things that are non-negotiables that if it can't be fixed before marriage, then you need to be woeing back and pumping the brakes a little bit. I think one of, one of our big, one of my big beliefs is, uh, faith. Um, Mm -hmm. we we're big believers in, in marrying someone who is a believer. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think it's important to marry someone who is a believer. And I think people who have married, Non-believers would tell you, because we talk to them all the time, I, I wish I wish I would have, uh, not not I wish I wouldn't have married my spouse, but I, I wish he would have been a believer. I wish I'd have worked on this more before we were married. There's so many more struggles uh, with differences of faith uh, than what a lot of people, a lot of people just think love is going to fix everything, and it just doesn't work that way. And so if there's some big character flaws, if there's some big struggles, then you definitely uh, need to consider, hey, do we need to pump the brakes on this? And then there's a lot of things to compromise on that are healthy. And that's some of the differences that we talked about. You know, um, like I said, my wife is an introvert. I'm an extrovert. Uh, we, we have, you know, everything in life is pretty much different for us. But we've learned to enjoy one another's differences instead of trying to fix each other. So there are some things to compromise on and some things that are fun, fine. 
Sure, absolutely. So in the first few months of dating then, uh, when you're trying to figure out who each other is or who we are as a couple, um, what should the conversations be like? Let's just say the first six months of dating, what should those conversations be like, sound like, go like? Yeah, they, these are, these are operate, you, you know, some of the best dates you can have is where you take a blanket, uh, you know, and you go to a park and you just sit and talk mm-hmm. and you just get to know. It is a get to know. People fall in love through communication. Now, we may be attracted first by looks. I may look at my, my wife back in those days and said, oh, she is so pretty. And, and she may have looked at me and said, he's a hunk or he's funny. But we didn't fall in love because she was pretty or I was a hunk or I, I made her laugh. We fell in love because we talked. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that is essential that you've got to have a lot of time to talk. I mean, most people remember long, long phone conversations uh, before you got married because you were just wanting to get to know this person that you were hanging out with, what they liked, what was her favorite ice cream flavor, you know, uh, what, who in your family, you know, do you get along with and who drives you nuts? Mm-hmm. And, and this is just <laughs> these first few months is just, we need to get to know one another. I think God created marriage and relationships to go like this. You get to know one another mentally and emotionally first, mm-hmm. uh, meaning I'm going to fall in love with this person because we have talked uh, physically. Yeah, that would come second. And that just simply means I find her attractive. He's handsome. Uh, you know, I get some butterflies when they're around. Uh, you get to know them spiritually uh, what do they think about God? What, how is their faith? Uh, how do they, do they pray? All, do they read their Bible? Do they go to, do they go to church? And then lastly, uh, is sexually, and that's post-marriage. Uh, and, and when you follow God's way of doing things for relationships and do them correctly, it is absolutely incredible how things work so well. There's a reason God designed it like that. And when you do it as he designed it, Man, marriages start so much better than when you get all those things mixed up and don't do them in the right order. Right, right. And just as you're getting to know each other, you know, have fun. Nothing too serious. I had a, I had a friend of mine. Exactly. I had a friend of mine back in college, and uh, I mean, he was a great guy, and um, you know, girls were attracted to him, and he didn't have a hard time getting a date, but uh. The relationships never lasted long because one of the first questions he'd want to ask them was, well, do you see yourself being an elder's wife someday? And they're like, whoa, tap the brakes here. That's not <laughs> exactly. that's not second date conversation. Um, <laughs> so getting to getting to know each other um, is so important. So it, important. it is. And just finding out, could I, is this somebody I could live with or are they just going to drive me absolutely nuts? But it's just to get to know period. And, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, you, you've got to just kind of go from that. And that may lead to some more serious conversations. Uh, but, but that is, man, those early stages of a relationship are just, let's go somewhere where we can talk, you know, right. movies are awesome. Uh, and, and go see a movie, but man, can't do much talking and getting to know one another in the middle of a movie. Okay, well said. Million dollar question here. And we could talk about this one probably for weeks, Trey. You would agree with that, I'm sure. But people who love you, who are watching from afar, watching you date someone else, how involved should friends and family be in offering their opinion about who you're dating? 
Well, I think I think it's wise to listen to any of them. Uh, meaning, sometimes they may see a character flaw that you can't because um, because you're in love. But I, I think uh, you know. I think if one person goes, you know, uh, I have a little concern. Uh, I think if you had 14 of your friends going, I've got a little concern. You mm-hmm. might want to seriously listen to what they're saying. But because they say something doesn't mean you have to uh, uh, go with their advice. Um, you can you can hear what they say and you can. Uh, you know, weigh that and go, is this true? Am I looking at this through rose colored glasses or um, is this just something that uh, they've brought out that maybe, maybe they just haven't seen the other side of, of the person that I'm dating. And, and, and Lee and I went through this a little bit. Her, her parents, of course, uh, I'm very thankful for all for our, our dating and relationship and, and everything else. But she also had a, a couple of uh, uncles that I, I remember uh, uh, she told me later in life, she said, I had an uncle said he'd give me 50 bucks if I'd break up with you because you were too old for me, <laughs> you know? And so, uh, but so she, she heard things from both sides, right. but she also weighed out, is this something, you know, is a, is a age difference of three or four years, that big a deal that's going to hurt our marriage? Or is that just something that, uh, you know, somebody's just thinking that's a little strange, but I definitely think, especially if, if somebody comes in and, and you've got multiple people going, Hey, have you noticed this about this person? You, you really ought to, to listen to what they're saying. Yeah. That, that's a really good way to kind of discern this factor of friends and family by the volume of people who are involved or are not involved in offering their counsel. If, like you said, if you've got 14 or 15 people saying this is concerning, that should carry a little bit more weight than maybe one or two. Um, exactly. I've always told people that too in church work. I would always be very suspicious of any preacher who tells you that they have come to a consensus on what a scripture teaches and that consensus disagrees with 1500 years of Christian scholarship. Like, you know, let's exactly let's let's wade into that water real carefully because what gives them the right to think they figured out something that everyone else has missed. Um, and I think that's true for relationships as well. Yeah. And, and with relationships or with scripture, as you're talking about, there are times when people will make those say what they want them to say. Right. And so you have to take serious. If I'm hearing something different from everybody then I really ought to consider you know, maybe I need to look step, take a step back. Yeah. Okay. So this question wasn't in the list of questions I sent you, but it's kind of along those lines, but just from the opposite side of the coin, if you're someone watching one of your friends dating someone and you have a concern, what advice would you give about how to approach them about that concern? Well, if I'm a friend, I'm going to be comfortable enough to go to them. And I, I would go to them, you know, I would go to a friend and not necessarily go, Hey, I'm here to hate on your boyfriend, or I'm here to hate on the girl you're dating. Uh, I, I have you noticed this, or or I've noticed this, and I don't want to sound negative, but I want to make sure you've noticed it, and uh, I'm going to trust your wisdom on what you decide to do. But I mean, if I'm a friend and I've got a concern, I'm going to speak up and I am going to say something. But I also want them to know that uh, you know, hey, this is going to be your choice on what you decide to do from all of this, and if you choose to uh, continue to date, or if you continue, if you choose to marry this person, I'm going to love this person. Uh, even though there may be something about them that I'm not real crazy about. Right. Right. Good advice. Okay. So, um, 
Here's a question people often ask. I'm sure you and Lee deal with this in your seminars, but is there such a thing as your soulmate? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that question. That is such a great question that needs to be answered so many times. I believe personally there are soulmates, but let me explain what that exactly means. We do not, I do not believe that there is one specific person out there for you. And when you bump into them and you make eye contact, all of a sudden you'll go, Hey, there's my soulmate that, that, you know, you walked into my life and I knew from the second that I saw you, you were my soulmate. No, that's, that's Disney stuff. That's unrealistic. And that is not real. Uh, soulmates. And I believe they happen. Soulmates are created in the trenches of life with someone that you've married. They do not happen at, at the wedding altar. They do not happen on day two of being married. Becoming soulmates with someone is something that happens over a period of time. Mm-hmm. It is going through life with them and battles and war and scratches and, and good times and bad times. And I totally believe I am married to my soulmate right now. But that didn't happen immediately in marriage. It happened because we have done life together and raised kids together and, uh, you know, had miscarriages together and buried parents together. And, uh, and, and that's, that's a soulmate, not a, not somebody that walks in the room and you go, we connected from the second I laid eyes on them. Mm-hmm. That's very, very well said and very inspirational. Um, and I think anyone who knows about your marriage would testify to that as well. <clears throat> and I, I like how you kind of distinguish in this conversation, you have several times pre-marriage and post-marriage. And a lot of the fullness of things we're talking about are certainly seen after the altar uh, that you just can't see before the altar. It's true. But very well said. Um, okay, so everyone needs help in relationships and marriage. So how how do young couples or really couples in general find mentors to help discern relationships and that whole process? Well, I think mentors are are uh, essential in marriage. Uh, I absolutely think they are essential in marriage, and and finding them. Uh, we look, Lee and I have mentors. We've always had mentors. We still have mentors that we go to in marriage. And we have always looked for people who have been where we are and, and they have gone through this and they've been successful with it. And so we look for, you know, one of our, one of our people right now that I'll tell you are mentors is a couple in their seventies. Uh, we're about, you know, 20, 25 years behind them. They've raised four boys. We've raised four boys. They've been married for, I don't know how many years, 40, 50 years. Uh, We're behind them on that deal. But uh, man, we go to them when we have questions about how to handle stuff. When we we start sending kids off into this world of college by themselves, we say, how do you do this? How do I continue to be their parent without, you know, keeping my thumb on them while they're off at school? Mm -hmm. And so marriage mentors are really, really important and great we believe great marriages are contagious, meaning if I want a great marriage, I'm going to surround myself with couples that have a great marriage. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to look for people that go, their marriage inspires me and I want to hang out with them. I want to ask them questions. So church, um, uh, you know, and, and, 
and years of marriage is not always a, a great indicator of a great marriage. And, and we've been bad about that, you know, because somebody's been married for, for 40 years doesn't mean they have a great marriage. Uh, it's quantity over quality. Uh, somebody married for, for 15 years can have a better marriage than somebody's been married for 50. Mm -hmm. And so it's what you put into your marriage that helps. But you can tell. It's easy to look out there and go, they've got a good marriage. And when you do, you connect to those people. Let them inspire you. Ask them questions. Mm -hmm. um, anything you can do to surround yourself with great marriages is going to be a plus in in building your marriage the way you want it to be. Very, very true. Very true. Um so how, how do churches then aid in the process of strengthening and building? I know we kind of wandered off into the marriage conversation, but the dating process, and I'm sure finding mentors for dating is no different than finding mentors for marriage. But, um, you know, how should churches kind of aid young people as they're dating? You know, that's a great, that is a great question. And of course, you know, some churches have singles classes and they have Bible classes on relationships and dating. And uh, I think anytime a church can have a class that talks about good, healthy dating, I know, I know where we're at, you know, once every quarter, we have our youth minister and his wife, they te teach our kids about sex and dating and relationships and what's expected and what you do and what you don't do. And they encourage parents to come and sit and, and, and a lot of folks are uncomfortable with it, but it is an essential part that the church, the church is God's vehicle for uh, blessing marriages and relationships and dating people. And we have got to do and to continue to do a good job with that. Um, you know, when you have an opportunity uh, and you see a young couple at church, we've actually got one that has just kind of started a relationship and we're excited about this. Uh, when you have an opportunity to, to eat, eat a meal with them and ask them how they're doing or ask them, is there something I can pray about for you guys? Um, ask them how the relationship is going and what do you like about her? What do you like about him? And, and, and most, most people who are in a relationship would love to talk about things like that, but you just, you have to ask those questions. Yeah. And I love what you said too. The church is the vehicle to, in my opinion, educating in all areas of life. Um, we always need to keep Bible study at the forefront of our purpose for gathering, but having classes on dating, having classes on marriage, having classes on money management, um, having classes on how to care for aging parents. And I remember when I preached in, in Kerrville, we did a community wide seminar and asked, um, they were Christians, but asked people to come in to talk with us and they worked for assisted living centers of, you know, how you help parents find the right home and, and things of that nature. If the church isn't going to talk about those things, who is going to talk about those things? That's it. And, and, and now you, you think about it, uh, somebody from your community or even somebody in your church, if they want information on marriage, where, where do you go? Mm -hmm. And, and, and most these days, everything that's available is the wrong place. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the church ought to be stepping up at this point going, we want to build he healthy marriages and families. And, and it's not going to happen from just, uh, you know, going, well, we're here if they need us. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to have classes. Uh, I'm a big believer in, in putting books on marriage in the hands of couples at your church, the leadership, and then going, hey, I want you to have this. I want you all to read this. I'm going to check back in on you all in two or three weeks and, and ask how that book's going and ask you what I can pray about. 
we we have got to catch we have got to catch people upstream having marriage issues instead mm-hmm. of as it generally happens the boat gets to the waterfall and is about to go over when they go hey we're we're about to separate or divorce can we get some help mm-hmm. we we got to figure out how do we catch these folks before they get to that point and and the church has got to do a better job at that and there's so many things that can be done mm-hmm. amen to that amen well, Trey, thank you for your time today. And uh, if you're listening to us and listening through this episode, we hope you'll tune in for the next episode next week. This was about how do I know if someone is right for me? The next episode is going to do a little bit more of a personal inventory and evaluation. How do I know if I am right for someone else? I'm excited about that. That's going to be good. Okay. And I uh, hope This will be a great blessing to many people. Again, if you are not familiar with the Stronger Marriage podcast or uh, website, go back and listen to this and uh, you can find some great material. Trey, anything else you'd like to say before we finish today? Honored to be on the show and I'm honored, uh, blessed by those folks that have tuned in and listened today. Thank you. All right. Well, we want to close today by closing the way we close every time here at Road Talk by reminding you that along this journey of life, There will be road work along the way, but here at Road Talk, we want to help you get ready by navigating your journey. And as always, keep your eyes on heaven, and we will talk to you next time.